Amateur Radio Newsline Report number 2301 with a release date of Friday, December 3rd, 2021 to follow in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The following is a QST. Ham Radio marks 100 years of signals crossing the ocean. A well-known author and podcaster becomes a silent key. And we announce the winner of the 2021 Amateur Radio Newsline International Newsmaker of the Year Award. All this and more as Amateur Radio Newsline report number 2301 comes your way right now. From around the world, this is Newsline. Amateur Radio's independent, on-the-air news and bulletin service. Now, reporting from Union, Kentucky, here's Neil Rapp, WB9VPG. We begin this week by marking a turning point in amateur radio history, the first transatlantic communications on the amateur portion of the Spectrum 100 years ago this month. A video from the Antique Wireless Museum in New York celebrates the one-century mark of what the museum is calling the triumph of the amateurs, which began with the first test on December 11, 1921. Jack Parker, W8ISH, picks up the story from here. A dramatic video released recently by the Antique Wireless Museum tells how hams conceived of a historic test in 1921 that showed the world that the shortwave spectrum below 200 meters was anything but useless when it came to sending messages across the ocean. This was the now famous transatlantic test project. In a one-hour video, Ed Gable, K2MP, and Mark Ertl, AE2A, tell how the amateur spirit of experimentation put ham radio station 1BCG on the air with a tube-based transmitter on 1.3 megahertz. The CW transmission from Connecticut by the Radio Club of America was successfully copied in Scotland. As hams prepare to reenact that day on its anniversary using a replica of the original transmitter, hams everywhere can learn all about the moments that made history on 160 meters. Find a link to the YouTube video in the text version of this week's newscast on our website, arnewsline.org. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jack Parker, W8ISH. Who doesn't love the thought of a better, more powerful transmitter? You don't even have to be a ham. In the UK, an upgrade has been made at Radio Caroline, a once notorious pirate radio station, leaving the station feeling loud and proud. Jeremy Boot, G4NJH, picks up the story from here. If you can hear the new high-powered signal of Radio Caroline on 648 kHz AM, you can think its new 25 kilowatt transmitter, a Harris DX25U, which is a nice step up from the station's older 10 kilowatt Nortel model. The station manager Peter Moore writes on the Southgate Amateur Radio News website that the station is keen to know how much further its signals are reaching these days. He asks for reception reports to be sent to help the crew achieve even more improvements. You can find a link to the reception report at radiocaroline.co.uk. Peter said, quote, Now the new transmitter is in service, covering a much larger area than before. We hope to reconnect with more of our listeners from the past. End quote. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Jeremy Boot, G4NJH. All hams know that public service is a big part of what we do, but it isn't always done holding a radio, as we hear from Graham Kemp, VK4BB. 
When the Great Cycle Challenge rolled out in October to raise funds to find cures for childhood cancers, the Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronics Club was ready for this month-long bicycle-based event. This time, however, members weren't stationed along any particular route, as hams often are during one-day events. They were on the road themselves throughout the month, pedalling more than 600 kilometres towards their financial destination. The club reports that the Barak Pedal Radio Group's efforts helped raise nearly 1,400 Australian dollars for the cause, adding their total to the national fundraising total, more than $6.9 million. Of course, that's not to say there wasn't some kind of radio involved. Barak Pedal Group member Graham Knight, VK3GRK, said afterward in a press release, and I quote, Some of our radio club members enjoy bike riding, and some of us even use radios to keep in touch with others whilst out riding. End quote. From a Radio Newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. Imagine a world in which your various internet-linked devices didn't have to rely on batteries. Well, researchers in Spain can already see that day coming. Kent Peterson, KC0DGY, tells us more. They've been on the wish list for lots of us, but now battery-free devices have made the leap to the list of possibilities for some researchers in Spain. Scientists at the IMDEA Networks Institute in Madrid are using Li-Fi and radio frequency backscatter technologies to make it happen. After three years of research, they've created a sustainable wireless communication system they call Passive Li-Fi and say it could be deployed for systems in smart agriculture, smart cities, and even smart homes. A November 26th article on the Hackster website describes how Li-Fi happens. The article says, quote, IoT devices would transmit data by reflecting and modulating the incoming RF signals present in the environment, a passive transmission known as RF backscattering that consumes very little power, end quote. One of the researchers noticed that when the scientists began their work, Li-Fi technology and RF backscattering were viewed as independent from one another. Will they now make a winning and workable combination? With an estimated 64 billion or more users of battery-powered IoT devices in the world, there'll be plenty of people watching to find out. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Kent Peterson, KC0, DGY. A longtime contributor to the Library of Amateur Radio Knowledge and Expertise has become a silent key. Joel R. Hallis, W1ZR, was the author of numerous books and a contributing editor to the ARRL's QST magazine, which he had formerly served as technical editor. His QST column, The Doctor Is In, also inspired a popular podcast. An amateur radio operator since 1955, Joel died on November 25th at the age of 79. Radio exams will be back in Belgium in just a few weeks. Ed Durant, DD5LP, has the details. Shortly after announcing that it was suspending all amateur radio license exams through to the end of this year due to the pandemic, Belgium's regulator, BIPT, has scheduled its first examination in 2022 for Friday the 7th of January. The test will not be given at BIPT facilities, which the regulator has deemed insufficient to comply with COVID precautions. The exam site will instead be the Eurospace Centre, a science museum in Wallonia in the Belgian Luxembourg province in southern Belgium. The testing procedure will be the same as that followed at the regulator's site. The announcement was made public on the website of the UBA, the National Amateur Radio Member Society. Candidates may test for the basic ECC Report 89-ON3 licence, the CEPT Novice ON2 licence or the HAREC Full licence. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ed Durant, DD5LP.
Following two great recipients in previous years, namely the West Bengal Radio Club in India and the Radio Society of Great Britain and National Health Services Get On The Air To Care Project, both of whom continue to do great work, we are proud to announce the winner of the 2021 AR Newsline International Newsmaker of the Year Award. This year's honor goes to Amateur Radio on the International Space Station, or ARIS, an organization I've had the pleasure of working with myself. This group, based across 15 countries around the world, has been supporting amateur radio from the space station and performing school links around the world to astronauts for over 20 years. As well as enthusing youngsters in the magic of space and radio, they have also generated publicity for amateur radio in the mainstream media channels of radio, TV, and newspapers. Congratulations to a deserving award winner from all of us at Newsline. Time for you to identify your station. We are the Amateur Radio Newsline, heard on bulletin stations around the world, including the Metro Area Repeater Association's WD0HWT Repeater in Oakdale, Minnesota at 7 p.m. local time on Sundays. For one ham club in Massachusetts, a recent QSL sorting party became a celebration party. Andy Morrison, canine AWM, shares the details. The recent QSL sorting party of the Neshoba Valley Amateur Radio Club was anything but routine. As they handle the coveted confirmations of DX contacts, preparing the cards to be sent to their recipients, the volunteer crew found itself on the receiving end of something as well. The Massachusetts Club was presented with a plaque from the ARRL's DX QSL Bureau System for the group's 25 years of service to the ARRL Region Bureau. Club President Bruce Blaine, K1BG, accepted the honor on behalf of the club from the Bureau's co-manager, Eric Williams, KV1J. With hams enjoying a better sunspot cycle now, there's likely to be lots more DX on the horizon, so the club can look forward to sorting many more of those cards for the foreseeable future. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Andy Morrison, K9AWM. Australia's regulator is seeking input on two proposed changes affecting amateur radio licensees. Graham Kemp, VK4BB, brings us that story. Australia's communications regulator has proposed syllabus changes impacting the advanced, which is the full amateur radio licence, and in a separate move, seeks to restrict further issuance of two call sign suffixes associated with emergencies. The Australian Communication and Media Authority's proposal for the advanced licence would adopt the exam syllabus from the CEPT recommendations, making the certificate of proficiency fully compatible with CEPT HARIC. Separately, the regulator is seeking to drop call sign suffixes SOS and PAN from future allocations because of their association with international emergency and distress calls. HAMs with call signs already containing these suffixes will not be affected. Going forward, the suffixes will be added instead to a list of reserved call signs. The regulator invites comments on both of these proposals and asks HAMS to respond no later than the close of business, Australian time, on Monday, December 13. A link to the survey is in the text version of this newscast on our website. In another move, HAMS have been notified that the ACMA now requires all equipment sold or imported into Australia 
to comply with Arpanza's electromagnetic energy exposure levels, simplifying the mandatory testing procedures for most amateurs. From at a Radio Newsline, I'm Graham Kemp, VK4BB. The U.S. battleship Iowa's original Navy call sign, NEPM, will be heard on the air on Tuesday, December 7th, marking the anniversary of Japan's surprise aerial bombing of the U.S. naval base at Pearl Harbor in 1941. That attack spurred the United States' entry into World War II. The U.S. Navy's Third Fleet Spectrum Manager has authorized the call sign's activation by the Battleship Iowa Amateur Radio Association and the Iowa's Innovation and Engineering Team. The hams will be operating split. Be listening for them on 14.781.5 MHz and answer their call using 14.343 MHz. The activation will take place between 1600 and 2359 UTC. For more details, visit the QRZ.com page for NEPM. In the world of DX, Data VU2DSI is on the air until December 14th with the special event call sign AU2JCB. He is commemorating the November 30th birthdate of India's wireless pioneer Jagadish Chandra Bose. He is operating on 10, 15, 20, 40, and 80 meters single sideband and can be heard on 6 meters and 10 meters in FM mode. Send QSL cards direct to his home call sign. Operators Tom DL7BO and Tom DJ6TF are on the air as Z22O and Z21A, respectively, from Harare, Zimbabwe until the 15th of December. Listen for them on 160 through 10 meters using CW sideband and FT8, FT4. Send QSLs for both call signs to DJ6TF. Ukraine stations should send to UY5ZZ or use Logbook of the World. Members of the Dolomites contest team, IQ3DQ, based in the region of Belluno, are marking their 55th anniversary with the special event call sign IB3ABM until December 15th. They will be on the air on 80, 40, 30, and 20 meters using CW sideband ready and FT8. For information on how to earn diplomas available at the end of the event, see their page on QRZ.com. Although December is Yoda month, celebrating youngsters on the air, for one 10-year-old in New England, every day of the month is an occasion to be a youngster in the air. We finish this week's newscast with his story shared by Ralph Squalachi, KK6ITB. The third time was the charm for Max Kendall, W0MXX, whose high-altitude APRS balloon projects explore science and the stratosphere all the while using amateur radio during launching, tracking, and recovery. The Medway, Massachusetts 10-year-old told Newsline in an email that his third and latest balloon, identified as WB3, was by far his most successful. The balloon launched in October with a camera and a 2-meter APRS tracker. It stayed aloft for about three hours, carrying weather sensors and a few science experiments. Coached by his Elmer, Mike Hodgnowski, KD2EAT from the Medway Balloon Society, Max is hoping the experiments will help him learn more about CO2 levels at high altitudes, among other things. The learning and experimenting won't stop there, however. Max has plans for WB4 in his next year's lineup. He told Newsline that WB4 will be all about the tracking interfaces when using different protocols such as WSPR, 
APRS, 4FSK, and FSQ. The sky, after all, is the limit. To hear Max talk about the latest flight and see a part of it, visit his YouTube channel. A link to the video appears in the text version of this week's newscast at arnewsline.org. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Ralph Squillacci, KK6ITB. With thanks to the Antique Wireless Museum, the ARRL, Australian Communications and Media Authority, Bendigo Amateur Radio and Electronics Club, CQ Magazine, David Bihar, K7DB, Joe Reynolds, KA1GDQ, Max Kendall, W0MXX, Ohio Pen DX, Radio Caroline, QRZ.com, Radio Society of Great Britain, Southgate Amateur Radio News, shortwaveradio.de, Wireless Institute of Australia, YouTube, and you, our listeners. That's all from the Amateur Radio Newsline. You can write to us at newsline at arnewsline.org. We remind our listeners that Amateur Radio Newsline is an all-volunteer, non-profit organization that incurs expenses for its continued operation. If you wish to support us, please visit our website at arnewsline.org and know that we appreciate you all. For now, with Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT at the news desk in New York, and our news team worldwide, I'm Neil Rapp, WB9VPG in Union, Kentucky, saying 7-3. And as always, we thank you for listening. Amateur Radio Newsline is copyright 2021. All rights reserved.